the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs is brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf location or topgolf.com. Summer Skates, shower shoes and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, from coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos has a destination that suits your style. Jets Pizza, with six different styles of pizza, eight different types of crust, to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota. Earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile. Go to MetroByTMobile.com to find your perfect plan, all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive. Our boost and burn is specifically designed to help get you active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Drury Inn and Suites. Find out why we say our home is your home. Visit druryhotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, a concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Jordan McAlpine. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Monday night, so it must be analytics and eyeballs. Scott Strandy with you uh, from beautiful Centennial, Colorado tonight. Uh, feeling better, I think, and joining me as always from uh, Omaha, Nebraska, is Jordan McAlpine. Jordan, how are you? Good. I guess we're reunited again. <laughs> Glad you're feeling better. That cough crap is is no fun when you're trying to do a podcast for an hour. Uh, I know what that's like, so uh, hopefully my cough will stay away tonight. But um, how, how was the weekend? Yeah, but between that and uh, a lot of stuff going on with the semester winding down, some uh, new work opportunities on top of it, too, that it's been a uh, little bit of a, a hectic few weeks, but Nice to uh, finally have a little bit of downtime and get back in the swing of things with this. So, but no, this weekend was uh, was good. Nice to hit the refresh a little bit, and I kind of joked with some people, but got to uh, watch my first hockey game as a fan, I guess you could say, of the season over in Des Moines with the Iowa Wild over there. So it was a nice, nice little recharge, and nice to be able to sit back and watch the game without a laptop in front of you. Uh, a deadline doom or looming for you at the end of the night. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm guessing you saw some of the guys that uh, I wanted to talk about tonight, uh, maybe in the lineup for one of those two teams or both. Um, I thought tonight was a good time to not only refresh everybody on the portal again, because it's ever changing, but also talk about some of the guys that have, have left school either by graduation or early and have decided to uh, pursue professional careers. I watched a couple um, in Loveland, Colorado this weekend. Um, so that was fun. And then uh, had the opportunity to uh, to um, see some other guys that uh, made their jump as well. So um, let's dig into it. Uh, let's start first, Jordan, before we talk about the ones that made the jump. Let's talk about the portal, specifically the NCHC, because – not a lot of guys coming in, which kind of surprises me. How about you? Yeah, I don't know if I would say it really uh, surprises me at this point. Just you look around the rest of the con or the conference as a whole, I guess, for that matter, with a lot of the incoming recruits that a lot of these schools have coming in. It's kind of a similar situation to last season with Denver, where uh, obviously Cameron Wright's the only real addition out of the portal there. You kind of have to play the uh, give and take with that of granted it'd be nice to add experience but do you want to really kind of cost yourself one of your young freshmen coming in development time or a chance to play an elevated role in the lineup and you look around the NCHC I mean you've seen Derek Dashke going to Duluth I know North Dakota's added to Ritter and obviously Farmer on the back end up there um, 
go around the rest of the conference with it. And I mean, on top of it, you can almost look at from Denver's standpoint, Magnus Krona coming back is almost an addition just uh, with the extra gear that comes out of it that I don't think a lot of us expected. But obviously St. Cloud State too, Kirkshank and Don Bassey on top of it, that there's been additions and there's actually been some pretty good name ones or guys that at least have track records of being successful at the NCHC, at the top levels of college hockey around the country with it. But you look at some of the depth pieces and guys that have left. I, uh, I don't think there's a lot of situations where people are either going to be surprised or heartbroken at the end of the day. And even you look back to last season at what some of these teams in the NCHC lost. I, I don't know if they really lost a whole lot per se with the guys that walked away. So or, or, or were forced out for that matter, that uh, everything is obviously a case-by-case basis and each kid has their own reason for the decision that go into it or, or each coach has their own reason for the decision that goes into it. So it's interesting. I know uh, a little bit of a long-winded answer there, but I, I guess in the, even, I mean, personally with myself, with covering Omaha, everyone right away here wants to ask why the Mavs haven't added more. And it's a... It's a slippery slope at times. You obviously, there's no guarantees on what you're going to get out of the portal too, which that also has to creep into the back of the mind. But you have to uh, kind of look long-term and short-term in the same breath. So it's it's a headache that I'm glad that I'm not a Division One hockey coach that I have to deal with. But <laughs> I it's, hear you. Uh, it's fun for us to follow. Yeah, indeed. And a couple of things that jumped to mind, um, and you tell me if you think I'm on the right track here, but the NCHC has such a great track record of bringing incoming freshmen that are talented. Denver, uh, certainly uh, one of the best examples. So they don't really need to go fishing in the portal uh, very often. And uh, I look at that, but then I look at like the Big Ten schools. Michigan State has picked up three. Um, Notre Dame's picked up four. Um you know, it, it's it's kind of strange. And I know Notre Dame picked up a, a senior from Omaha. Yeah, and in, I mean, specifically to touch on that Primo situation real quick, and I don't think college hockey fans, Omaha fans, any for that matter, uh, should be surprised that Primo is leaving, leaving Omaha kind of and left on good terms and there is nothing of a – culture issue or behind the scenes or anything you talk to anyone around that program he's as nice of a kid and is respected and liked in that locker room as can be but at the end of the day you spent four years there i want to say primo's either 25 going on 26 or or what one of the one of the two there but he's kind of at that point where the uh the grass might be greener on the other side it might be time to change the scenery up and see what he can get out there and for that matter, I mean, especially down the stretch in the second half, it almost looked like a shoe-in that Primo was going to be one of the uh, Omaha guys that signed a pro deal. And there was, even going back to the end of last year, there was stuff on the table. Obviously nothing ever uh, formidalized from Primo's standpoint and kind of a uh, bummer from, from that angle. But at the same time, he ends up in a good situation in South Bend. So I – I. Uh, once again, I don't think that that one comes as a surprise, and I saw that coming, to be honest. I uh, thought he was maybe going to go a little bit more closer to home than on the East Coast, but you can't beat playing in South Bend, especially at a campus like Notre Dame's on top of it. But um, to kind of go back to your your question about the Big Ten schools that have added it, you look at a lot of those Big Ten rosters, they've been depleted more by the pro signings than the NCHC this year especially a look at a Michigan. Uh, obviously, it's seemed like for a while after their season ended, it was every hour you were getting a new news break that one of their guys that was an NHL draft pick was signing a pro deal. That Granted, there's top-tier talent coming into those conferences with the recruits, but you've got to, uh, I guess the old saying, you got to plug holes and fill it fast that you, the transfer portal is obviously the easy, quick way to do that. And if there's a guy that fits, you've uh, you've obviously seen those Big Ten schools dip into that already. Yeah, the ones that surprised me in the Big Ten, I don't want to make this a Big Ten show, but um, I'm shocked that Minnesota and Michigan haven't picked up anybody yet. And then, of course, it's the coaching situation. We don't know for sure what's going on with Mel Pearson and 
Uh, of course, Michigan State doesn't have a coach currently, although uh, I have word that one went up there to look this weekend. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and I was going to say on top of it too with the Minnesota thing for one people to keep in mind is the Gophers have either the or one of the most talented freshman classes in the country coming in that uh, those kids, you know, and I know it are going to give, get every opportunity that they can to uh, make their way and move their way up that lineup and get those uh, chances to succeed right away up there. And once again, it goes back to that. If you're bringing in a guy out of the portal, you run the risk of blocking somebody out. So I, uh, I don't know if I'm as surprised by that one. But the Michigan situation definitely is interesting. If you're a recruit coming in, it's kind of hard to sell a vision in Mel Pearson when you don't know if your coach is even going to be there in two weeks. So it's uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting situation to say the least. And I'm uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit perplexed at what's going on up in Ann Arbor on that one. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I guess uh, bringing a little closer to home for me, at least. Uh, Jordan Byro uh, going into the portal today, the latest, one of the latest moves. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised at that because I know uh, uh, Coach Mayot really had a lot of praise for him, especially towards the end of the year. And I'm surprised that he went in this late. How about that one for you? Yeah, and I, I do think you will see a few more late entries or quote-unquote late entries around the country. The uh, big thing to keep in mind is the deadline is May 1st. So a lot of these guys that wait – kind of the wait it out, wait and see what happens. You look at all these schools that have so many openings and Byro is a really good player for CC this year that, uh, one of their best. He, he, yeah. he might, he might look at it as the chance of, well, if I've proven I can done it here, can I take on a bigger role at a school that's in desperate need of, uh, filling that vacancy at the last minute. So I, uh, Obviously, I don't really have much intel or, or kind of uh, paid much attention to that one, especially with that happening today. But I was definitely, when I saw that come out, that I was uh, surprised to see him leaving. And that's a big, big, uh, big shoe to fill for a CC team that already was kind of behind the eight ball in a lot of those situations. So I'll be interested to see how, uh, how big of a loss that is for them. If and uh, also to tack on to that, obviously you saw Ryan Barrow situation at Denver that in the back of the head, there's a technically still a chance that everyone comes back, but there's so many different moving factors behind the scenes that who knows what, uh, what will go down. Yeah. Good point. Um, two other points to make uh, on the portal. Alaska Anchorage has just stocked up. Yeah. <laughs> crazy and uh built of course they haven't played in three this will be three years before they finally get back on the ice again with their program but we had coach Shazby on uh just a week ago a little more than a week ago and um he alluded to the fact that he was going out to get some guys but um man i didn't know he was loading up that heavily and <clears throat> he's got a really good mix jordan he's got some grad students some sophomores last year some freshmen from last year um some guys that haven't had a chance to play yet but uh, when you look at that, that's a pretty strong field. And then I think one of the big winners, in my mind at least, is uh, is Arizona State adding the uh, the three transfers from Northeastern and, of course, Lucas Sillinger from Bemidji State. Yeah, and I, I think Sillinger is actually one of the uh, better players that's been in the portal so far. And that, that was one here with myself that I kind of right away did a little bit of digging into to see what the uh, situation was there. And I, I know he was actually an Omaha commit at one time. So there was that uh, that wrinkle on top of it there. I know the uh, with with the the anchored situation up there. Obviously, you look at where they've been getting kids from too. It's a uh, pretty pretty good track record schools, I guess you could say. A lot of, a lot of guys who might not have had the opportunity to shine, should I say, or really earn a role in that situation, but. Uh, kind of one of those things where if you make the most of your opportunity, you go up to a school that's in a situation like that, that it could uh, obviously bode well for you. And then at the same time with Arizona state, I'd even go back to uh, er earlier in the portal. Uh, see, seems like a, a long time ago now, but uh, Adam yeah. TJ Septenfelter, the goaltender wise from Northeastern, but that's a, uh, that's a big addition from uh from a kind of a stability factor for the next few years for Greg Powers out there too. And uh, Arizona State's obviously been on the fringe a little bit the last couple of years, but it seems like they've got all the momentum building in the right direction out there. 
So I'll be interested to see how that all pans out. And don't forget they have uh, Gibson Homer coming in as a freshman goaltender too. So yep. uh, goaltending should be a strength for Arizona State in that new building. Um, <clears throat> Lindenwood picked up a few. Uh, the final one I'll wrap up with is um, – um, or did I lose my spot here? Oh, I, the one of the big ones from from Denver that I was shocked at, and and I'm quite surprised really that he didn't end up at Arizona State because I would have thought he would have been a perfect fit on the defensive end. Is the uh, the Denver defenseman? Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, don't you? That's in the portal. Um, why am I why am I struggling with this one? I'm around these guys 24-7, it feels like, and I can't think of who it is. Did um goodness gracious, I'm losing my mind. Reed Irwin, oh, uh, that's who I'm thinking about. Reed Irwin. I, I uh, was gonna say Jack Works was the other one that I was thinking of from Denver. But I know he ended up up at Michigan Tech. Yeah, well, but... Reed Irwin, uh, as of this moment, has not uh committed anywhere yet, but Man, oh man, what a solid defenseman that just has no place to uh, to play at Denver. And uh, boy, he'd be a good fit for almost anybody because he fits so good. Your thoughts on Hugo Blix still still out there in the portal? Yeah, that that's another guy who uh, obviously coming into when he transferred into CC initially that he had a uh, obviously coming out from the East Coast a lot of. A lot of optimism, a lot of excitement around him, just kind of from a name standpoint of coming into the NCHC with that type of track record. I don't know if he's exactly uh, blossomed into the uh, the top tier defense or a top tier defenseman or anything of that matter, especially out at CC. I uh, can't uh, can't say I've exactly been uber impressed with him in the upper echelon of defenseman in the NCHC, but that's the type of guy that end up somewhere maybe in the uh, middle tier, middle of the pack type of schools and get an opportunity to run with it. But yeah, he, uh, he's got experience and obviously playing in the NCHC that there's got to be a little bit of a, uh, you got to take some, take some stock into account with that, with what he goes up against on a nightly basis. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, before we jump into the guys that are making a uh, impact in the pros that, we're recently in the NCAA. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's dig into a couple of the guys that I saw and some guys that you've seen and some guys that you have contact with because I know you've got some Omaha guys that, uh, that you still reach out to from time to time. So we'll be back in about three minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest. 
and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is Analytics and Eyeballs. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. It's Monday night, so, of course, this is Analytics and Eyeballs. This is where uh, we dig in and we look with our eyeballs and see what we see, and we look at the numbers and see what we see. Scott Strandy with you from Centennial, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Jordan McAlpine, joining me from Omaha, Nebraska. And, um, Jordan, um a lot of guys left. You were talking about the exodus of the players from Michigan and uh, other players uh, right here uh, in Denver. Of course, we saw Bobby Brink go uh, to the Flyers. Um, Carter Savoy left recently to uh, join the Bakersfield Condors. And this weekend, I had a chance to watch, uh, wow, uh, three players, I guess. I had um, uh, the goaltender from St. Cloud State, David Rennick. And uh, Taylor Ward is from your backyard playing with the Ontario Reign. And, and then again, I had a chance to watch uh, Wyatt uh, Amit from uh, Minnesota State play in, um, for the uh, Colorado Eagles. So I've seen the bunch. Your thoughts on the guys that have made the jump? And it, it seems like this year, Jordan, maybe more than any other time, uh, they're making their mark quickly. Yeah, and I, I do think in a lot of those situations, too, to take into account the, uh, I don't know how much of it's that extra year, but a lot more guys with experience have made that jump, too. That, that's got to make uh, settling into the pro level a little bit easier in some form or fashion to come with it. But at the same time, too, like, I, I mean, even with my, back, my backyard here with uh, oh, Taylor Ward or Brandon Scanlon, these are guys that have been getting scouted for a couple years now that kind of uh, they've been in pursuit of teams or teams have been in pursuit of them for a reason. And the other thing that comes with that is they kind of know what they're getting that you look at a Taylor Ward, you see him getting power play opportunities right away. You see him on Ontario's top line. You look at Scanlon going right away out to Hartford Rangers affiliate and playing minutes that, uh, I, I think there's a lot of different factors that come with it. And I mean, at the same time, I, I do think this happens a little bit every year. It just kind of every year and it comes back up, seems like that it's a uh, little bit more than ever, but at the same time, they're uh, the, the guys that have gotten these opportunities of the college free agents are making, making the most of it. And even you see a few of these guys, not as much free agents with the draft pick signing, but I look last night, Noah Cates with a big game for the Flyers, that there's guys that have signed on the NHL side of it on top of the AHL and ECHL that are going into the uh, going into the lineup and making a name for themselves right away. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, Isaiah Seville, another, another guy from your backyard, making an impact with the Henderson Silver Knights who, of course, will be in the playoffs. We don't know yet if they're coming to Colorado or if they're going to Abbotsford, but uh, it'll be one of the two, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, and, and when I watched David Rennick play, I, I was kind of surprised that uh, the Ontario Reign had him in the lineup this weekend as, as big a games as it was for Colorado. I would have thought they would uh, not have wanted to do that, but he looked kind of shaky, to be honest with you, the first period Saturday night. But then he buckled down, and I think he stopped three, maybe four clean breakaways in the third period, even knowing a losing effort. And you could tell uh, when the game was over with, he, he was not happy. I mean, he was directly from the goal to the bench to the locker room um, without saying much to anybody. So uh, you can see the pride factor there. But 
overall, do you think guys are making a bigger impression, at least at uh, the AHL level? Sorry, I had you muted there. <laughs> um, I, I look at a guy like Krennic, specifically to use that question. Um, with the goaltending situation, Seville, too, for that matter, that I actually talked to Isaiah a couple weeks ago after he'd started to settle in there. The Whether it's injuries on top of it, whether it's guys, like, once again, to go back to the last question of getting scouted and the development guys kind of getting a chance to get a feel for what they bring to the table the last few years with it. I do think it simply goes back, whether it's a trust factor or just a familiarity standpoint, that there is a little bit more confidence going with these guys right away and giving them an expanded role. And Hrennick, for that matter, kind of on a different subject, but the one thing all, always at St. Cloud State that kind of uh, made you shake your head was the consistency. You never knew what David Hernick you were going to get on a nightly basis with it. And I uh, I, I guess your description there sounds uh, par for the course to match what we've seen the last few years. <laughs> I was years thinking with it. the same thing. But the it, exact same thing. But at the same time with it, that the these guys on top of it, St. Cloud State last year goes to a Frozen Four in a national championship game. Seville from Omaha playing in the NCHC on a nightly basis going to the NCAA tournament last year and facing a good Minnesota team. Speaking of Henderson, I look at a guy named Connor Ford with big game experience from North Dakota. These are guys coming into it that almost you could argue have gotten uh, the uh, the lights shine brighter and the uh, the cameras are ready to roll in these bigger stage games almost mean a little bit more than your uh, Tuesday, Wednesday night in the middle of January, middle of February AHL game that I, I do think that also goes into a little bit with the trust factor. So these guys are uh, coming in ready to roll, and obviously they're reflecting it in the way they've played so far. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, when you look at these players, and, and we've seen them play in college, and this is the eyeballs part of our show, um, we've seen what they've done. Uh, we've also seen the analytics side of it, the numbers. Like I, I could have guessed that that Bobby Brink was going to make a big impact. Um, I just felt like he was ready. Uh, I think Ben Myers here in Colorado has also made a big impact. And last night, Thomas Bordalo made a huge impact and may have bumped the uh, Vegas Golden Knights out of the playoffs with a uh, a, a goal in the shootout, the only goal of the shootout against yeah, Vegas. That was, a, that was a pretty goal. <laughs> Boy, that was a that he just totally undressed him is what he did. <laughs> um, so yeah, but, but when you look at guys that, that that are making the quick jump all the way up to the NHL, um, obviously they're ready or they wouldn't get that shot, right? Yeah, and I, and I think there's a twofold way to look at this. Uh, I look at a guy like a Matty Berniers or Brink Bobby for that matter too. First and second round picks, those guys, especially the first round picks, those guys are drafted there for a reason. When they're 16, 17, 18 years old and so on up, the uh, the talent's kind of a known commodity. They're getting scouted for a reason. They're on these draft boards. They're the top tier recruits coming into college. It's uh, it's not all for show with, with most of these guys that when they jump into the NHL, Obviously, you're not going to expect the results right away just with the transition that it's uh, you're going to play with the best hockey players in the world, for that matter. But at the same time, there is a pedigree and a track record that when these guys make an impact right away, you're not surprised by it. But at the same time, too, and maybe not as much at the NHL level for this one, but to go back to a Ford, I look at a McLaughlin earlier in the, uh, the free agent signing period, I guess, for that matter. The guys that the numbers and the uh, the analytics, I guess I should say, to tie into this show, that uh, the numbers aren't always the end-all, be-all reflection of a player. And especially with this college free agent signing aspect of it, a lot of people right away think the guy that leads the team in scoring, the guy that's out there on the top power play right away, those are the guys that are going to be the most coveted free agents. When in all reality, and I think a lot of scouts would agree on this too, someone like a Connor Ford from a North Dakota might almost bring more value to the table from that aspect of whether it's a face-off specialist, a defense or a dependable defensive forward defenseman that can shut down and play the big minutes with it. 
those kind of intangible things so often the scouts, the advisors, agents, everyone else that comes around with it, like to project out and see the potential and future aspect of it. Those almost mean more than the sheer numbers. So I I do think, and like I said, this isn't as much at the NHL level, but when you see some of these guys having success, you, uh, you almost have to do a little bit of a deeper dive than the numbers to see what they're really bringing to the table too. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, another Michigan player that, that stood out to me initially, uh, I think, I don't know if he slowed down a little bit or, or what, but Brendan Brisson, uh, when, went into Henderson with, uh, his jets on, he was, he was looking really, really impressive. The first couple of games or three games that he played. Um, and I thought, man, he might be a really good NHL or next year, maybe even a top six forward on that Vegas team. that's going to need some capital relief. Yeah. For it, for anyone going into that Vegas situation, or even I, I look at a team, you got two different ends of the extreme, obviously. But I look at a Vegas. I even look at Minnesota for the next couple of years, especially with the Parisi Suter situation with the oh, buyout and, de- and dead money. That if you are a free agent, a college free agent, or if you are a draft pick that goes to sign, those opportunities have got to be ap- obviously appealing for the fact, the matter of you know those teams aren't going to be able to go out and sign the big ticket free agents. So there's your golden opportunity to fight your way up the lineup and earn a spot. Or you also look at it from the uh, the extent of an Arizona Coyotes where you've got the cap space and the money to give to whoever wants it, it seems like at times, that uh, you go sign up there. Obviously, the uh, the opportunities are there to work your way up the lineup and really prove yourself. And that's why you look up there now, a guy like a Nathan Smith, you almost have to wonder what's going to come with it and what he's going to be able to make out of that. So it, uh, Brisson, I got, I've got to think has got to be licking his chops a little bit, looking at what Vegas is going to be going through the next few years here. Yeah. I would think he's, uh, he's pretty well versed on the, uh, on the player <laughs> side of it with his dad, of course, Pat Brisson. Ne- ne- never. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the shocking one to me, and I don't know why it was really a shock because I don't think, uh, um, Carter Savoy, uh, really was uh, excited about the academic side of college hockey. Uh, but I was kind of surprised that, that he signed his contract as uh, I believe it was an ATL, right? Um, with Bakersfield. I just uh, thought maybe one more year uh, would have been better for him, but your thoughts on Carter leaving? I think you hit the nail on the head with the first part of your answer. <laughs> Not too uh not to, to to go off the board and guess or judge or whatever, but I do think that's a big part of it. Well, you know, some some guys are cut out for college and some aren't. You know, it's it's a tough it's a tough go. You you know, you're you're doing the classes and doing your stuff, not on the ice, but off the ice, and and you, you got to be uh, you got to be into it. And some people just aren't, and uh, he's definitely got skill. I just think he he might labor a little bit in Bakersfield and. There's a chance that Bakersfield could be playing uh, Colorado as well in the uh, in the uh, playoffs, and if that happened, uh, we're not sure if it's going to be here or uh, in Bakersfield. But that would be fun to get the chance to see him play as well. Anybody I'm missing that that you've seen make the jump right now that that kind of stands out to you, Jordan? Well, and I, I will say real quick to add one more thing too with the uh, Savoy situation. I do think the two things that also further incentivized him is he got it. He won a national championship that it's kind of the, uh, you cross that off the bucket list, not as much as say like what's there left to play for, but at the same time you uh, you've reached the pinnacle of college hockey that if you've got the opportunity to move on, go for it. And number two, you look at his top line, Bobby Brink's moving on Cameron Wright's leaving. You will got to wonder what's going to happen with Cole Gutman that on top of it there, you, uh, the writing is kind of on the wall around him that I also think that might have played a, a part in the picture of what he decided to. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct on that. Um, okay, before uh, before we get to the final 15, we got 10 minutes. I haven't had a chance to ask you about this, but your your thoughts and insight onto uh, what happened to our Hobie Baker Award winner. Um, <laughs> uh, that that was just a bizarre situation. But uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was b- bizarre is the uh, the best way to put it. <laughs> I, uh, with all the statements and everything that came out after the fact, too, that uh, 
I do think it was interesting. I mean, obviously, I'm sure everyone and their mother would have guessed that Dryden McKay was going to move on to play at the pro level, especially with what all he's accomplished at the college game. But cementing that fact, I uh, to go back to even before the statements, though, that I'm, I'm sure Paul would like to touch on this, too. I still do think it was an interesting. Situation. He doesn't get to come on yet. He gets the final with, fifteen uh, <laughs> with, with with Miss Mr. Levi and Mr. McKay with that situation too. I, I tried to warn Paul and tell him about a month and a half ago, but I uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's funny how that all all worked out, and then on top of it, you add furthermore the drama with the uh, the situation that comes out after it, especially for something that dates back to January, from what a lot of. Uh, a lot of what was out there of it, but I, uh, I did get the sense that the, um, a from the apologetic side or however you want to look at that, but B from the uh, honest and, uh, kind of upfront part about it, that Mr. McKay did not exactly, uh, I don't know, wasn't completely at fault or however you want to look at that too. But at the end of the day that it's, uh, especially now with him moving on to the pro game, I don't know uh, how much the how much it needs to get dragged out for that matter, and kind of one of those things that I can see being done it in the past. Yeah, I think a lot of people would like to keep it done in the past. A couple things that are interesting in that, Jordan. Uh, to my understanding, this may never have come to light had he not been an option for the Olympics. Uh, it was tested through, uh, from what I understand anyway, the the U.S. Olympic. Um, side of things, not the NCAA. So, um, you know, who knows if he, if he doesn't have an option to be a, a probable participant in the Olympics, does anybody even know? Um, it's pretty weird. And the fact that he takes the uh, six month suspension and decides that he just wants to get it out of the way is a fact that uh, very honest and, and very much wants to get it behind mm-hmm. him for sure. Okay, let me ask you about this. Are you surprised at all that Ronnie Adderd is getting as much time and as deep a look on the Philadelphia um, lineup as he has so far? No, not at all, to be honest. I um, I go back to this season. I think Ronnie Adderd was obviously one of, one of the, or if not the best defenseman from start to finish in the NCHC, especially on the offensive side of his game. And now, granted, there's a... Definitely, definitely some areas that might need cleaned up defensively, and he he's young. That'll come with time, but at the same time, I know Philly's been excited about him for a while. He yeah. uh, he makes the decision to come back to school last year or last summer, and has the year that he has. That uh, same thing goes with Noah Cates for that matter too. That whether it's the Flyers front office, the scouts, everything else that comes with that, you see Ronnie Otter waiting in the wings and coming. If, uh, if you're going to have him playing in Philadelphia, you're not going to have the kid delegated to third-line minutes. That uh, He's got the talent, and he's shown it at the college level, so give him the chance to flourish at the NHL level, and he's done so so far. Yeah, well, he's in the right spot because if there's a team in the NHL that needs defensive help, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. when, you talk, when you talk about the goaltenders, a couple of things jump out at me on the goaltenders that signed early. Obviously, we talked about Isaiah Seville, and you saw him, and uh, I that think it's one your came, opinion that he was coming. probably ready to move yeah, on. But... <laughs> I, I think I could have told you that about, uh, about four or five months ago that I thought that one was coming. Pro- probably much longer before that, that the uh... – the writing, every timeline-wise, everything lined up for him to make the jump, and he kind of showed what he needed to show at the college game to prove he was ready. At the same time, though, as um, to be honest with it, I, I guess as it got closer to him making the decision, I don't know if I was as certain on it as I was at one point. But at the uh, at, and there's a lot of other moving factors, same thing, similar to a Carter Savoy situation that go on behind the scenes, but uh. I know he was excited and ready for the chance to go, and I definitely know Vegas was heavily interested, especially with their goaltending situation that they have out there. So we, uh, <laughs> the time, the timing makes sense, and Seville finds himself in a good situation with the chance to succeed. Okay, a couple more. Jackson Stauber, uh, I know his dad, Rob. Um, surprised, but not surprised, that he would leave Providence and, and head to uh, – Chicago organization. Chicago, obviously, when they got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury, we're going to need 
goaltending help. So I think Jackson's got a good spot. Um, Ryan Fanti uh, signs with Edmonton. Uh, if Dryden McKay is still on the board, does Fanti get that spot or does McKay get it in your mind? Yeah, my my, uh, my condolences to either one that would have made that decision. I know Edmonton's <laughs> where goaltenders go to die. So, uh, no, but not in all seriousness on that one. I do especially think Fanti's play down the stretch helped his cause a lot. That uh, He was obviously very consistent throughout the season as a whole. Obviously, the, uh, the honors and accolades that came his way support that. The numbers support that on top of it, and the eye test supports that. But you watch the um, – the stretch that kid had for the final five, six games of the season between that playoff series at St. Cloud State up in St. Paul and then into the regional that uh, he earned every bit of that contract that he got there. And I, I do wonder, like you said there, if McKay and Fanti are in opposite situations, how much that plays into it. But I uh, I think Edmonton's in good hands either either way with that situation and Fanti's going to be, hopefully from that, their standpoint, a uh, capable goaltender in the long run. Okay, then I got to ask you about Ben Myers, who had multiple options and, of course, was pressed very hard by the home state Minnesota Wild and opts to come to uh, to Colorado. And, uh, man, Colorado just feels like they got a gem um, at a very good price. And uh, he's getting a lot of playing time here at the, the end of the season as they give some of their guys rest. Now, obviously, the, the Avalanche have lost four in a row, so uh, it's, it's not on, on uh, Ben Myers. But uh, that situation, were you surprised that he didn't end up with the Wild? Yeah, to be honest, uh, not really. And, and especially, like, I look at Minnesota's depth chart. Obviously, you look at the rate Ryan Hartman's playing this season. Yule Eriksson signed for as long as he is, and he's a uh, – stud player and a key cog in that lineup up the middle. You obviously you've got Marco Rossi waiting in the wings on top of it. They've uh, traded for Tyson Jost at the, uh, at the deadline there. And he's got another year in his contract on top of it. Even you look at that trade, you have to give up Nico Sturm who likely wasn't going to sign as a uh, free agent this summer, just because of the, uh, the cap hell that Minnesota finds themselves in. And then the other one is Freddie Goodrow has obviously blossomed into the player that he has. And on top of it, Dean Evison's familiarity with Freddie Goodrow there that uh, if I'm Ben Myers and I'm looking up that depth chart and I'm not even talking what they have at the, uh, with Rossi on the AHL depth on top of it, there's not exactly a whole lot of opportunities for playing time. And e- even if you do, you're uh, you're kind of pigeonholed to that bottom six role, which, if, uh, if I'm Ben Myers as an undrafted free agent trying to prove myself in those first couple of years after the contract, I want to climb as high and as far up that lineup as I can. That uh, I think he made a good decision, especially with Colorado, with the cap situation that they're going to find themselves in for the next few years here with who they have coming up. That uh, he's, he's in a favorable spot, number one, but at the same time it does kind of suck with the uh, – Gophers going as deep as they are, no playoff eligibility or anything else that comes with that. So if there's a uh, silver lining, Myers will get to play at the X next Friday. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say there's a really good chance of that. Um, but uh, when I when I looked at Ben Myers, too, I, I agree with you 100%. I think he was kind of locked um, and blocked, I should say, uh, in Minnesota. But here, uh, with the Nazem Kadri situation coming up and and uh, the cap situation that they're going to have here uh, in Colorado, I think he made a really good choice too. And if he ends up in playing some time, which he very well might next year with the Eagles, goodness gracious, what an addition he would be to that with Sample Ranta there. And um, you know, the guys that they have Dylan Sakura and Jason Magna. And I mean, just go down the list. They, they have so much offensive talent. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, um, and, and, and I do, I was going to say, if I can add real quick, I do think Sampo is a sure. big part of that too. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Although uh, Sampo has been hurt, hasn't played for the Eagles, and uh, Ben Myers was thinking he was going to have to take an Uber to the arena for his first game until uh, Gabe Landeskog came to his rescue and the captain picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take one more quick break. Let's come back for final thoughts with our own Paul Hornstein who's chomping at the bit because he's got some things to talk about. He's going to talk about uh, some teams that are making a move and um, maybe joining the NCAA. We'll be back in two minutes.
this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is Analytics and Eyeballs. Indeed it is, Analytics and Eyeballs. Welcome back in, NCAA hockey fans. Scott Strandy with you from Centennial, Colorado tonight. My co-host as always, Jordan McAlpine from Omaha, Nebraska. And it's now time for final thoughts. So let's go to uh, our own Paul Hornstein, who's got some final thoughts on what's happening. Paul, how are you tonight? Uh, we're doing okay. I, I, I can't complain too much. I'm sure I'll be crashed by this time tomorrow night, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that first day back when you're off for a week is always rough. Yeah. I'm still That's... upset that you didn't tell me you were taking a week off of your other job with uh, spring break and geez, I could have put well, you to you, work so much. Well, that's it. You would have, I was off and I wasn't working. Jordan Jordan wanted to dig into you. He already did start digging into you. I know you yeah, were. Yeah, I listening. know. I heard. I, just, I, don't, I don't know how you can be the best player in college hockey and not be the best goalie when that's your position. But you know, um, you know, I it make you can explain that to me. Um, I'll listen, but I don't know what kind of circles and gymnastics you're going to have to pull off to, to, to do that. So. We can, uh, Jordan, we can play a big game of Twister. Jordan, oh, and, you, and you know this. Paul's not allowed to come on on the Monday that we have Devin Levi, and we are having Devin coming on uh, in a couple of weeks, I believe. So this is, Once again, but mine was not a knock on Devin. <laughs> I don't care. All right, I mean, tell, want me tell on, us what's fine. on your mind. There, there's some stuff that's on your mind that we got to get out of there. Who's coming into the NCAA in Paul Hornstein's mind? Well, first of all, just really quickly – um, before we um, get into that, um, I just want to say this. You guys were talking about the portal before. and There are 240 names in this portal. There's only 60 teams, 63 teams. I can't even imagine what this thing must look like for football and basketball. Yeah, you're going to have half the people end up not fighting. Oh, my. <laughs> Jesus. Um, well, it's, it's kind of interesting because I was bored today because, you know, um, I, I don't, don't give I, it away. They might be listening. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> anyway, I was doing some looking around to see certain things. And, um, there were two things that jumped out on me cause I had to look them up. Um, I had not, and, and shame on me because this is a story that I don't know how I missed it. Um, but, uh, this past February, um, they had a, uh, it was Black History Month, and the NHL has a, a caravan that goes around and promotes, you know, the fact that there have been plenty of of uh, non-Caucasian players in the NHL and in hockey. And so because of the news that broke last year that Tennessee State was looking into adding men's and women's hockey, uh, and, if you don't, and for those that don't know, Tennessee State, uh, is in is, is in Nashville. So uh, this has all been spearheaded by the Predators. Okay. But they have actually, if the stories are accurate, began looking into fundraising for the money that you need to have a building and 
a men's and women's team, and and uh, I don't know how that wasn't a bigger story. Because it's not like they were sitting there and saying we're thinking about it. They were putting together a group to start raising the money. Well, Jordan's a reporter, so Jordan, you answer that one. <laughs> Sure, put him on the spot. That's okay. Ten, ten, Tennessee State, I guess, is out of my coverage zone, so I don't have much comfort on that. Well, but um, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, we've all seen and read stories about disalignment and realignment and, and expansion and this and that, and I, I just don't know how you, you missed that story. Um, I mean, they could start tomorrow if Oprah Winfrey, who's an alumni, wants to write a check. I, I don't think they're going to go there yet, but um, good, good work finding out that she was the uh, an alumni. Good job. You know, I mean, uh, she could write a check for a lot of things and still not know what to do with everything she's got. So um, I don't know how I missed that, and that's shame on me for missing that. Um, but that would be a, a game changer. It would have to be. And like I said, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't know if it'll happen. And I don't know if it'll happen. If it does happen, it probably would be two or three years before it does. Jordan, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I would still think it'd be a few years away if it were to happen. I I do remember that story kind of coming to light a few months back. But I mean kind of one of those things where even you look at hockey in the Southeast at the college level, you look at Alabama Huntsville and all the struggles that they've had to kind of stay afloat on top of it, that uh, adding another program, obviously if you have the Preds back in them, that it does help a little bit from a sustainability standpoint, but at the same time, they're uh, like any, even with Lindenwood situation or Long Island or whoever the case, there's a, there's going to be a little bit of a hesitance or skepticism about a team making that jump to the division one level and everything that comes with it. Those are, those don't happen overnight. No, they don't. And, you know, let's, you know, as far as Lindenwood is concerned, you know, they got pushed over the top by the blues, you know, the, the blues got behind that final push and, and that's what, you know, made the president of the university give his okay. So it's going to take things like that happening in places, no matter what. Especially if it's in the, quote, non-traditional areas. So the other thing that happened, Jordan, um, while you were you were away from us, <laughs> was the uh, the signing of uh, Garrett Rayboin at, at Augustana. Your thoughts on Garrett? Yeah, that's a, that's a good fit, and I actually do like that hire a lot. I was talking to a few people about that. That uh, obviously, no, no no one has background in uh, Sioux Falls or in the in South Dakota <laughs> when it comes to the the hockey standpoint. But you look at his track record up in Minnesota, kind of in that uh, upper uh, upper Midwest, you could say that he's got a lot of familiarity, a lot of connections that'll come with it that should pay dividend or dividends when it comes even simple stuff, filling out schedules, getting the connections, everything that comes with it. That um I, I do think I do think that's a good fit from the logistical standpoint. And number two, you go younger with an up and comer that uh that's what that program needs to for you look at a school like that, the most important thing you can do is sell a vision. And I mean obviously there's uh there's no promises that Augustana is gonna come win national championships and be a top tier program or anything like that. But if you can, uh, if you can develop a culture, a reputation, everything that comes with that and sell that to a kid, you can have success in your own right. And I do think a younger coach is the right direction to go. Well, and they're coming in with, with uh, other advantages too. Number one, the, the area Sanford. Produces. Well, <laughs> that's it, right? I mean, they're in the middle of putting to get, putting their building up. So they're, you know, unlike, and unlike uh, one of the other programs that, that just started, um, they, you know, they, I assume that at some point they'll start putting up a building. Yeah. And I, and I will say too, with the, the school itself that I do think there's a more, 
the school, the donors in the area, there's more resources, should we say, to work with than a, uh, a lot of these other startup programs in recent years here. And uh, obviously, if you're the if you're the head coach with the keys to the car in that situ- or in any of those situations, you're going to try to make the most of those resources. You know, and the 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 crazy part is, and and I'll just say this, not because I'm trying to defend ASU. I don't hear anybody saying that St. Thomas is going to be in trouble because they're playing in a 900-seat building. Yeah, so, good. <laughs> I, well, I'm waiting for those stories. There's, we... there's, there's money at St. Thomas, and there's a vision at St. <laughs> Thomas, and I believe the, uh, the XL will be a bigger part of their scheduling next year. For big games. I'm not saying they're not going to get it done. I'm just saying that I don't hear anybody saying those same, you know, the same things they said about ASU. Yeah, well, that's because ASU is playing in a rink that belongs to the NHL. Well, and I do, I, mean, I do think the other Paul, Paul I, mean, I know, I, Paul, I, I know what you're saying. And and the the other thing that I'll add to your point, Paul, is I think the thing that might have created a little bit of skepticism with ASU is that non-traditional hockey market that you look at as. Obviously, playing in St. Paul, Minnesota, or even Sioux Falls, for that standpoint, is the hell of a lot different than playing in uh, playing in the in the middle of the desert. To a lot of people, that uh, you, you obviously right off the bat have to wonder how sustainable, how successful a program is going to be out there. So, I do think that's the big, the bigger factor with the uh, Arizona State situation. I mean, it it's crazy fine. to think how long that program has really been. Long, take it with a grain of salt with that wordage, but how long that program's been around now when you really look at it. Right, but well, my point being is I don't hear anybody saying saying Thomas has to get a building now. Now, they have to get it right now, right now, right now. And I love Rico Blasi. I'm a, I love Rico Blasi. I, I have, this is not a knock on him. It's not a knock on the program. Well, the, but, the other thing is, is they, they walk directly into a conference where ASU – didn't have a conference. Still playing in a 900 seat building. I know, and they didn't care. They if uh, if Arizona State wanted to go to the CCHA, that probably would have been looked at the other way too. Um, conference who, dollars will will uh, kind of equalize out the uh, the arena side. <laughs> uh, that's all. I just that's just a comment. That I, like I said, <laughs> we're talking about uh, Augustana, <laughs> and you would have to say Scott, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you have better than, insight than I do. They're similar schools in size, stature, and cash reserves. Which as who? As who? St. Thomas and Augustana. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jordan, They're you'd agree with similar. that, I'm sure, right? Not at all. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, yes, I would. <laughs> um, the dollars are definitely there, and they're, they're in blue blood territory, as, as you no. know, Paul. And the other thing that a lot of people that maybe don't know anything about Augustana and Sioux Falls is the United States Hockey League is huge in Iowa, isn't it, Jordan? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, even number two with Sioux Falls, the Stampede up there, that they've, yeah. they've, they've drawn pretty well from all indications the last two years. And number two, I uh, actually kind of joke about it, but the uh, – the South Dakota as a whole, the population is growing up there. So uh, the hey, do Wick, we, do Wick, we call Wick, Wick, Sioux Falls? Wick, is, that, is that actually South Dakota, though? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, with, with that, I guess where I was going with that is all, all jokes aside to the hockey community and hockey growth of the sport up there. Actually, uh, it has grown a little bit in recent years here, too, on top of it, that I do think there's there's going to be room for them to be successful and in that market and you uh you almost wonder obviously omaha's got that with the lancers and the mavs here you look around this the state of iowa you've got waterloo dubuque des moines cedar rapids you've got sioux city obviously you go uh you go a little bit farther up and there's sioux fall and sioux falls and fargo that there's there's room to tap into for uh for garrett when he takes over the reins up there and uh there, there's room room to kind of develop not only a program from a player standpoint, but surely from a following. And that's uh, that's not even including the university itself in that conversation too. So, 
All, all those teams, are you listening, Iowa and Iowa State? Are you listening? <laughs> um, and here's the other thing that uh, that uh, I was looking at today, and 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 I think while it the the the, the possibilities of the team uh, moving up is 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 kind of not really in doubt at this point. Um, I I don't think people are looking at it as the move that might actually start at least a first realignment. And that is what is now Utica University in upstate New York. Uh, used to be Utica College. Has applied to move up to Division Two, And I guess that'll happen. The, the yes or no will happen uh, at the NCAA convention in February. Um, and included in those move-ups men's and women's hockey but as we know there's no division two really for hockey so they would be moving up to division one and just out of curiosity i decided and now they were a really good team this year they were ranked in the top 10 division three but aren't there only this, 10 teams in division three um <laughs> no not that i know of there's more my, than my bad <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, Jake. Sorry, sorry, Division Three teams. But outside of a couple of games, every game they played at home, the first number in that attendance was a three. And we're not talking about a three-digit number. If you're getting 3,000 a game for Division Three, now, you might lose some of that going to Division One because you're not going to win as frequently or as early. But do you think someone in, in you think that that a the NCAA is going to say no you can't move up and b you don't think there's going to be you don't think that there'll be a league to take them with those kind of ticket sales and what that might do because everybody's assuming that they would apply because the commissioner has already said they've had talks with Utica to go into Atlantic Hockey. So now you're talking about a 14-team league, maybe? And does that spur realignment? I think it might. They had to brand themselves as the Comets. Nobody will ever notice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jordan Sharp tonight. Uh, Yeah, good stuff, Paul. I I think that all of those are uh, very valid points. If you listened to the show last night, you you heard us talk in depth about uh, those types of things. Um, still working to get Devin Levi on because inside the numbers of goaltenders, uh, if we can't have uh, Dryden McKay, we'll have Devin Levi. Is that okay with you, Jordan? Fine by me. <laughs> well, Dryden's got some extra time now. <laughs> ah, I love it. Okay, well, that puts a wrap on things, Paul. Thanks for joining us again and uh, and hopping on for the final thoughts. Jordan, I'll let you take it away, and we'll say goodnight to little Roger Klein the Peacemakers. Good night. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by the NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all the action from the toughest conference in all of college hockey today. By Drury and Suites, now an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay at our new Lake Buena Vista location opening this October or any location at DruryHotels.com. By Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or you want to represent your favorite player, show off your game and style. Visit summerskates.com for more information on how to get personalized shower shoes and koozies today. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership. See one of our stores for details today. By Behind the Mask. No one knows goalie needs better than we do. Visit BehindTheMask.com or one of our three Valley locations for more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Bellevue Boulevard in Las Vegas. Our food sums up one word, perfection. By M-Drive, for supplements to fuel and refine your drive, visit MDriveForMen.com. Peterson Toyota, located at 4455 South College, College Avenue in Fort Collins. Our staff works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your needs. Shop our selection of both new and pre-owned vehicles today. Jets Pizza. It's more than just great pizza. 
You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location nearest you at jetspizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Worldwide, Caesars is where the action is. Analytics and eyeballs and all the Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcast are recorded live on the Podbean app. You can also download our shows on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on TuneIn. Analytics and eyeballs and all of our weekly podcasts come to you from the Summer Skate Studios and are all a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. And ask you to join us tomorrow night, Tuesday night. It's our staple now, College Hockey West Live, as uh, Paul and I will be visiting um, with a head coach. So how does that sound? We're going to have Eric Largen on from the uh, Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks. We'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Good night, everybody. Good night.